A night of violent protests ensued. Vehicles at an auto dealership were torched. A police officer was knocked out with a brick to the head. And a curfew will be in effect tonight. Uh, fires all night long in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, buildings burnt to the ground, including a, on an entire furniture store. Or the New York Times headline is, Fires in Kenosha, Wisconsin reflect anger after police shooting. And then the sub-title uh, uh, was, Peaceful marchers protesting the shooting of Jacob Black, a black man by a white police officer, gave way to fires and destruction. Gave way is an interesting term. I don't know exactly what that huh. means. Um, as, as if the wind changed, and it just happened. Yeah. I don't know how Joe wants to handle it, but I liked, the, I liked Tucker's approach last night on his show. I'm not going to comment on this shooting until there's more information out. Um, I, and I don't understand why the information comes out the way it comes out. Why did we get the full George Floyd video, what was it, a week ago? That, that caused a lot of people. Like, really reasonable-minded people who were keeping an open mind about, you know, this and that to say, okay, these these officers are not going to be charged with murder. Why does it take so... When you've got cities burning down all across America, people losing their lives over this, why does it take so long for the information to come out? I I don't know. It varies, I suppose, depending on the, the rules and regs in the, the area. You'd think the cops would have an interest in putting out more video because generally more video is is more information that gives you perspective this was cell phone video that was put out by an onlooker uh, there are no body cameras i guess kenosha cops um and so the investigation's going on nobody's saying anything so we although have- the utterly just puke worthy governor of wisconsin who is a weird little dude um, I mean, just, just he's, he's got the he's got the cadaverous appearance of some horror movie uh, villain, but he immediately came out with strong words about how many times will we endure? I suppose we could come up with specifics of what he said. He condemned the police without condemning the police. It was like he he had all the words except the specific nouns and verbs, but the tone of it was absolutely condemning the cops before any of the facts had come out. Well, let's... so and you have the media doing that, you have politicians doing that. You don't think that makes a difference? People going in the street and getting crazy. Well, let's get of these, these details from Mike Mike Tobin, who I believe is of Fox on the on the shooting itself. <laughs> Violence on the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin, after another police-involved shooting of a black man. Witness accounts say officers told 29-year-old Jacob Blake to, quote, drop the knife while responding to a domestic disturbance, a fight his family's attorney says he was trying to break up. Witnesses say Blake was tased before walking to his vehicle. Two officers followed with weapons drawn. As Blake ignored commands and attempted to climb in the driver's side, seven shots were fired. So uh, that's a part of the report on the shooting. Now, here's a little bit of the Wisconsin governor Joe was just talking about. That's uh, 48. What we do know for certain is that this cannot continue. Jacob is not the first black man or person to have been shot, injured, or killed at the hands of the individuals and law enforcement in our state and our country. This cannot continue. What if it is a perfectly reasonable, defensible shooting? And I don't know that it is. Um, Well, well, that might continue, Mr. Governor, sir. 
Uh, Andy No reported on his Twitter feed as he's following, you know, the mayhem all across the country. Specifically, he reports on Portland a lot, but he gets into all these stories. He said new footage shows Jacob Blake brawling with cops before being shot. Uh, he has survived, by the way. He's in the hospital. Um, he has a criminal history that includes assaulting police, resisting arrest, domestic abuse, felony sex crimes, and more. And there was a warrant for his arrest. Now, he was brawling with cops. The one question I heard uh, a couple of times, handful of times, via email and, and online from people who generally support the police was, couldn't they just tackle him? There were four of them, one of him. Uh, how about you just uh, take him to the ground? Um, and But if he was already brawling with the cops and got away with them and then was reaching into his vehicle, which when you're... A peace officer, please. That's that's when you think, okay, this is perhaps where my life ends. Um, and so they shot him. Um, I would like to know what happened before. I'd like to know why they made the tactical decisions they did. But for the governor to get on there and say, uh, he's not the first black man shot, and this cannot continue. Again, what can't continue? Nobody wants police to shoot people. But what if it was perfectly justified? That's incredibly irresponsible. I don't know all the facts, but all I know is the police behaved stupidly. We need to not have that anymore. Well, I got nothing to say about the shooting uh, yet as just from these recent events. Man, so much more information comes out throughout the week. Sure, Um, and, and, and as you pointed out, weeks from now. I'm not trying to lead you toward any conclusion. I swear I'm not. What makes me nuts is these questions aren't even asked. On NPR, on CNN, on ABC. They're just going with the fall. Look, more racist cops gunned down a poor, innocent, unarmed black man. And they're not asking any of the relevant questions. Yeah, and the trouble with that is several of the names that are regularly thrown about. I saw the list. It came out of the Democratic Convention last week, a list by one of the speakers. Trayvon Martin. You know, don't want to go through that whole thing again, but that is certainly not a clear example of white cops hunting young black men. Uh, Michael Brown, absolutely not. That one shouldn't even be on any list unless your list is of justified shootings. Um, uh, You know, hands up, don't shoot, never happened. Look at the Washington Post fact check. Never happened. So some of these names that are on these lists that people throw around, these ones have been decided by, in some cases, uh, you know, uh, Democratic, you know, Obama's uh, Justice Department or a, a Democratic state ju- right. or the city. And they're all Democratic. based on the, the accounts of black witnesses. Just, I mean, it's just it's not even close. So why are they going with that narrative? What is their goal? To whip people up, to whip up racial animus, to keep black people on the Democrat plantation, in my opinion, to keep them in good, solid voting block. All I know is that things burning down aren't going to lead to anything good. That Whatever positive change somebody wants, whatever that would be, is not going to happen because of, you burnt down a furniture store and, uh, and smashed a, a cop's head in with a brick. Right. It just isn't going to work that way. And there are absolutely instances where uh, police excessive force is used, brutality, unjustified shooting, whatever, and there should be protests, and there absolutely should be accountability. But if that comes uh, because of, of looting and violence and destruction and rioting, that rewards rioting. What are you going to get? More rioting. And sometimes uh, the anger is justified. Sometimes it's not. And the, the lack of interest the media and politicians have in saying 
some of these things are justified, some are not, and we've got to be intelligent about it. Well, well, I guess that makes them a racist if they say that, or something. I don't know. It's just crazy. On the politics of this, let me see if I can find this. I came across this last night. There is some polling. uh, A new Pew survey found that violent crime is now the fifth most important issue for votes, climbing up the ladder quickly, with 59% listening it is very important for their vote. Wow. Um, Looking at the polling, Americans were originally on the side of the protesters nationwide. But it's starting to pop in focus groups, says Sarah Longwell, who is as anti-Trump as you can get, by the way. She's an anti-Trump Republican. She's an ever-Trumper. But she said, it's really popping in my focus groups. The ongoing violence in American cities is an increasing vulnerability for Dems. Wow. As the unrest continues, attitudes are shifting. It's the one uh, our talking point that's really starting to to stick. So you've got the uh, convention going on, which if you watched it last night, they mentioned the mayhem in the cities a fair amount. You've got even Trump-hating pollsters saying it's really starting to become an issue and the attitudes are shifting toward, no, we got to get some peace and safety in these cities. This, this could be a game-changing sort of situation. When you got you, you flip around the convention tonight, you're going to see lots of flames in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, businesses being burnt down. No fault of those businesses whatsoever. Right. A lot of uh, them black owned. Businesses being burnt down while the Republicans are working on uh, saying, hey, uh, Biden and his crew aren't going to get this under control. Boy, what a classic miscalculation, maybe. And that is, we've been talking about the Democrats have been very soft on the violence, very soft on the rioters. Well, the polling showed that was a good idea a couple of weeks ago. Right. But. Having been very soft on them in the blue cities, the blue states, the rest of it, it's grown and gotten really ugly. And uh, and and what they turned loose, you know, they turned loose the dogs of war, the dogs of rioting, similar breed. It's like a you know a black lab and a yellow lab, uh, but the the dogs of rioting are now loose. And as the old fable uh, has it, or the old uh, myth story, once you turn loose the dogs of war, it's really difficult to control them. Anyway, so that's an issue to keep an eye on, changing public opinion over uh, protests slash rioting and how people view it. Yeah, wow. Because there's still, what, 70 days to go. That's a long time for opinion to change on an issue like that. It's forever. And decide, you know, which party they think will get that back under control. At some point, you know, this whole suburban mom thing that everybody talks about, at some point... You just want, you know, less mayhem in your town for your kids, mm-hmm. period. You've seen the video of the uh, quite a few. It's difficult to estimate crowds at night, but it looked to be 100, 125 people marching through suburban Portland in the middle of the night, shining powerful lights into people's uh, houses saying, wake up, uh, MFers, get into the street, um, freaking people out in the hood, in their neighborhoods. So that uh, something tells me that's not a great strategy. Among things to get to this hour, there's more evidence that Kim Jong-un's sister is taking over. And uh, it's believed that she is more evil than him. Oh, come on now. What? That's that, saying that, something. your little gal? Oh, speaking of little gals, the militancy of young women. I want to I pay that off in a couple of minutes. It's, it's such an interesting field of politics and psychology. Uh, some of the most vicious... Hateful people in video after video after video out of Seattle, Portland, uh, St. Louis, Chicago are young women. What's going on there? We'll talk about it. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. Meanwhile, the rich and famous are still throwing parties in the Hamptons, of course. And the new thing is to pay for everyone to get a rapid COVID test at the door. These fast tests sound like a made-up way for rich people to turn people away from their party. Oh, no, Billy Joel's here. Boop. Oh, this thing says you're positive. Can someone drive Piano Man home? <laughs> oh, 107. Yeah, better step on it. <laughs> wow. That's obscure. So David Spade's filling in for Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, he did for he did last night. I don't know okay. if it's going to go on. Uh, it's been a rotating mix of random kind of internet celebrities and stand up comedians all kind of taking a swing. At David it. Spade creating a world where the cool Hollywood celebrities would come up with a reason to keep Billy Joel out. <laughs> <laughs> very briefly, very briefly. Do we have word? Is Kimmel laying low because of the blackface thing? Is Almost he cracked certainly. up? Uh, no, I, so I just I, t- needed time off. Yeah, I think it was just a extended break. He hadn't taken a because of the blackface thing. Okay, no, I don't have no idea. Spend more time with his children, like he, Kellyanne Conway. He's well, he's crazy rich. If he says, "Look, I want to take some time off," and his bosses say, "Okay," then he does it. I why suppose. why anyway. would Kellyanne Conway hang out with Kimmel's kids? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think they're different kids. Oh, okay. yeah. uh, funny. So we've been talking about the, uh, and if you watch any of the videos of people getting the hell beat out of them in Portland for being on the wrong street in the wrong time when the uh, the Marxists are marching, um, because all they want to do is create a reaction from the cops. So they beat people up. They're trying to start a war and get Marxism going. Um, but you often see many young women behaving just viciously and egging on the guys. And sometimes it's not noticed as much because... You know, honestly, nine times out of ten, if a woman hits you, it does much less damage than a guy. And I'm familiar with that in the history of militant movements. Got a note from, uh, let's see, Brett. He says, I mentioned this to a psychiatrist relative who said that due to higher prevalence of negative emotion, neuroticism among females compared to males, women are much more physically aggressive and violent than men. Um, Before you leap to some sort of conclusion that this is sexist, hang with me for a second. Uh, violence per- perpetrated by men tends to get more attention, she added, because the greater physical strength of men, etc., more effective, more harmful. Uh, this is particularly evident in statistics involving suicides. Females attempt it much more often than males, but males are much more successful at it. So it seems we're seeing with Antifa and BLM, what we're seeing might be female negative emotion generating violence perpetrated by the ladies themselves and their moronic, horny male co-combatants. Interestingly, some of the literature regarding Mao's great leap forward and the Cultural Revolution in China made similar observations about the outsized role of young, woke female Maoists in the peacetime murder of more than 45 million innocent Chinese. Not good. I read that and I thought, hmm, that's an interesting thought that women tend to have more negative emotions, uh, struggles emotionally than guys. And I thought, hmm, I don't know. It kind of seems like that in my life experience, but let's dig into it. And sure enough, I came up with a, a scholarly paper, The Dark Tetrad and Radicalization, Personality Profiles in Young Women. Um, and it cut off exactly who did this study, but it's a university study, this standard sort of thing. Um, they're talking about uh, radical religious groups in this, but uh, w- women's radicalization 
And the specific factors at play in this process remain largely understudied. Psychopathic, narcissistic, Machiavellian, and sadistic traits constitute the dark tetrad of personality, which has been shown to be associated with severe antisocial tendencies. Concretely, it has been found that the dark tetrad traits uh, predict radicalized cognitions and behavior in women. Long story short, a lot of angry young women without a lot of self-worth who want to figure out who they are at that age and you know i would say you know the the breakdown of traditional sex roles as well plays a role in this there are a hell of a lot of confused angry young women who are looking for a way to let their anger out and it's always been true and would be dictators marxists whatever they know they will find fertile ground in recruiting young women because of the this dark tetrad of personality and or neuroticism as the psychiatrist put it so that's pretty interesting yeah, yeah, it is, and it's troubling. And you watch these videos, and these women are just beating and kicking the hell out of people. They don't do as much damage, so generally you can shake them off or or whatever. But then the dudes move in and start to rain the heavy blows down. So it's strange times, man, strange times. Speaking of angry young women, Kim Jong-un's sister taking a bigger role and perhaps running one of the nuclear countries on planet Earth. Lady, lady, lady. Princess Nasty. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, scary. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we were talking earlier about the Republican convention. We'll talk it's more about it coming up. Play some highlights. Um, I thought it was really good. I was I was highly impressed. I wasn't planning on watching any actually, and I just switched by and and they hooked me and mm-hmm. I stayed with some of it. And I thought a, a bunch of the stuff was like really good, not just okay for a convention, but seriously good. And uh, ending with Tim Scott's uh, speech, which I thought was freaking fantastic. I'd rank it among the best things I've ever seen at a convention. But He's, he's one of my favorite politicians going right now. He's yeah, really I don't care impressive. who you are, what you look like, whatever. If a young person hears that speech and, and doesn't think, wow, I can make it, well, it's a, it's a bad kid. <laughs> you should probably tell him no you dessert. Have, you have it on your hands, a bad child. Right. You're a failure. Um, but a child? It was one, inspiring. It was fabulous. One mockable moment, and there's generally lots of mockable moments at these conventions, uh, people trying to break through or whatever they're trying to do. Kimberly Guilfoyle, who uh, used to be married to Gavin Newsom and is now a girlfriend of Donald Trump Jr.? Well, she was with Fox News for a long time. Then she went to work at the White House. Now she works for a foundation, and it smells to me like she's trying to get into politics. She decided to do an all-shouting speech, like to be like super rabble-rousing, and it's kind of hard. It might have been great if it had been a crowded arena. That might have worked great, Mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, uh, but in an empty room, it was different. So, uh, Morning Joe on MSNBC, which you know they're all about beating up the Trump side of politics and killing it. They uh, they kind of uh, interspersed a clip from The Office in which one of the uh, gentlemen gave a an impassioned uh, uh, speech when he won some sort of sales award, and going back and forth with Kimberly Guilfoyle Newsom. This is <laughs> kind of funny. Blood alone moves the wheels of history. They want to steal your liberty, your freedom. I say to you, and you will understand that it is a privilege to fight. 
They want to control what you see and think and believe so that they can control how you live. We are warriors! Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives, and your future. Salesmen of Northeastern Pennsylvania, I ask you, once more rise and be worthy of this historical hour. That beacon <laughs> shined bright once again for the world to see. I think you get the point. <laughs> you have. Wow. wow. If you've ever seen that episode of The Office, it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, that shouting... Which is that speech pattern exists so that people can still hear you over all the cheering. So weird in an empty room. You can right. actually hear the reverb of the emptiness of the room. Nikki Haley and Tim Scott on the ticket. They can't be beat, I think. Oh, wow. That's, uh, that'd be a powerhouse ticket. Who's, uh, who's uh, the veep? Who's the president in that formula? You might have to go with Nikki as Prez just because of the obvious appeal to women. The first woman president. Um, We got on this topic yesterday. I don't remember quite how when we were talking about all the tech stocks that are uh, uh, driving the stock market to these crazy highs. Five tech stocks account for a quarter of the value of the stock market right now with Apple leading the way as a now two trillion dollar company. And some of the thinking behind how this has happened is that a lot of people who are out of work have become day traders um, uh, with the help of a bunch of Robin Hood type apps where you can trade stocks super cheap. And now companies are going to have to try to figure out how you appeal to like regular people. That mm-hmm. might not be as uh, sophisticated or maybe even maybe they're smarter in some ways. Uh, at investing than other people have. I think there's a compelling argument to be made that wooing a a quote unquote a retail trader, somebody who's uh, who does it from home or from their phone, um, is is a lot more appealing than a, appealing to a hedge fund manager. Like regardless of the like that individual hedge fund manager might have more money in your business, but that person is much more likely to well. I don't like this quarterly report. Liquidate it all. I'm shifting my hedge fund into this company instead. Where the retail investor, I think, is much more likely. Elon Musk is cool, so I'm going to have Tesla stock yeah. and stay with it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which, you know, what's that going to do to uh, to stock trading overall? I don't know. It, it may have. That's, that's the point of the article in the Wall Street Journal. It may already be having a huge effect on what stocks are at the top and what aren't. Another <laughs> big uh, driver to... People who didn't used to look at day trading as kind of a hobby, and I, I hesitate. I want to make a clear distinction between day trading and investing. Both can be done as an amateur from your phone now, and I think a lot of times people just conflate day trader with all the people doing the things. Um, but uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, Me too. Yeah, I lost it. <laughs> I think this is interesting, though. I don't. I don't know if it's good news or bad news. It oh. might be good news on a lot of levels because I think I've always thought. Uh, you know, when you hear stocks go down because quarterly reports were less than they're expected, that's a good, solid company. There's nothing that country's that company's as Warren Buffett would say, that company's fine. It's going to be around for the next 30 years. It's a great buy. The idea of selling it because they didn't meet this quarter's expectations sure. is stupid. I have reboarded my train of thought. Uh, with sports going away, a lot of people were taking their sports gambling budget and they were now doing that with uh, stocks instead. 
This is why we saw Apple do the big stock split. Was it five for one? Something like that? Uh, four to one. A Tesla yeah. announced a similar one. I think a five to one on that. Yeah, Because they yeah. want to get more of the regular people involved. Yeah, there are ways to buy fractional shares, but it's a lot easier just to buy whole shares. And so instead of having, just to use simple numbers, a thousand shares at a thousand dollars each, now they have a hundred thousand shares at ten dollars each, but it would people can or a hundred dollars each. It would certainly lead me to think that your coolness and salesmanship is going to play a lot bigger role than it ever has in the past. Could be. I don't know how big a phenomenon this really is. Wall Street Journal seems to think it's a pretty big phenomenon, mm. or certainly could be a big phenomenon. Mm. That there's enough people that are now doing this on a regular basis. It's its own crowd. You've got to cater to. Like they. You know, a lot of your hardcore hedge fund manager type people, they don't give a crap about how cool you are. Or No, no, it's just algorithms. So yeah. the five most popular stocks on Robinhood, uh, and this was printed today, uh, Tesla, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, Netflix. Those are the five that you mentioned in the, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there was it was those were the, mm-hmm. the big ones. Those are definitely uh, consumery stocks. It's good. It might be, and it has a lot to do with maybe why Tesla is the most valuable car company in the world. When uh, they're not selling even close to as many cars as Toyota and Volkswagen and some of the other companies. But mm-hmm. they, they seem cool and forward-thinking, and Elon seems like a thumb in the eye to a lot of people you yes. might hate. So yes. you like having his stock. Uh-huh. Anyway. Speaking of manufacturing, got this note from uh, Lyle. It's Lyle. It's an interesting spelling of the name, but anyway. He's a friend of Armstrong and Getty. Sold a company in California, moved to Florida. Yesterday, Jack, you were talking about, uh, well, I'll just read the email. Jack was talking about his trailer shopping experience and asked about boats. I work for a boat manufacturer of 19 to 42 foot boats here in Florida. You know what? Carve, save me out one of the, like a 38 footer there, Lyle. I'm thinking of, you know, getting into Florida boating. I need a change of lifestyle. Anyway, <laughs> we've That'd had be a, a pretty radical change. We've had a crazy year. In the last four months, we we're up 67% on retail boat registrations. Oh, my gosh. We have record low inventory. Currently, there are only 212 of our boats available in the USA for retail sale. As a boat factory right now, we cannot keep up with the demand. And to make things harder, we're experiencing supply chain issues, motors and small parts, labor shortages. We currently have 200 open positions and high transportation costs. Uh, I was worried about having a job when COVID started and trying to talk my dealers off a ledge as they canceled orders left and right. Now we're having the busiest time in my 22 years in the marine industry. Talking to my friends in the industry, no one's keeping up. Everyone's having banner years, and most of us are sold out of production until spring. I find this troubling. You might think this is good news. If you didn't hear my story yesterday, so I bought a big trailer because fires have been close enough to to our house. My wife's worried we're going to have to bug out. We've had uh, people we know lose everything uh, in fires, but anyway, so including we bought, live beasts. So yeah, yeah, lots of them. But so we went and bought. I went and bought this uh, large trailer, and they had very few left. They had like thirty left on a lot where they usually have one hundred and fifty. And I said, "Oh, you've been selling a lot to people who, for the fires." She said, "No, it's not that. It that's not it. We've been out of trailers for a long time. It's because of the stimulus money. People are getting so much money, they're buying things they've always wanted to get." And we can't keep up with trailers. And I thought, I wonder if it's the same for boats and jet skis. That guy obviously answered saying, yeah, it's the same for boats. But are we, are we, the taxpayer, giving out so much money to people that people are buying things that have been on their fantasy list for years? Now, Not keeping people afloat, but people buying things that, you know, they normally couldn't afford. It's a funny reference since we're talking about boats here. But um, <laughs> if they don't keep you afloat, uh, sue the manufacturer. It's a bad boat. 
He it's not says, really a boat at all. Lots of reasons we're getting this tailwind right now. People want to be outside. They have more free time to recreate. People with expendable income are redirecting vac- vacation dollars into recreation dollars. That's a factor. Sure. That's. I think that could be every bit as much the explanation as, as you're the one you offered there. I appreciate the spirit of yours, but uh, people want safe activities that don't put them in public places. Thanks for the note, Lyle. Really uh, good stuff. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to move to Florida and come and see you. Oh, well, 60-some percent of people are making more money off the uh, stimulus money than they made at their job. That's what the, the stats are. Yeah, some, it's not much, but yeah, it's still, well, it's it's not much of an incentive to get back to work. Although this, If you're making more money by doing by staying at home, <laughs> by sleeping late and going now, fishing, right? Uh, it ended end of July. So you're you are hoping for another check in August, and that had, they haven't worked that out yet, and no. they may not. No, there are no negotiations going on right now. Well, you know, and I don't, just, uh, the Democrats have decided we want the issue. I don't want to be mean spirited, but there are plenty of statistics to back this up. A lot of people, even if they're in a bad situation, they get some found money. They're going to spend it, and not wisely. Sure, there are all kinds of statistics statistics that show that to be true. Oh, yeah. Yep. That you might say, well, you know, there's no guarantee the stimulus money is going to last. I'm not sure buying, uh, you know, something on your dream list is a good idea. Well, that's not the way a lot of people are going to react. No, troubled times, stressful times. People want a little jolt of pleasure. So they go out and buy something cool. But, honey, what if we don't get a check in August? Ah, whatever. Uh, I shouldn't have married you. You're a can't-do person. I'm a can-buy-a-boat person. I'm not running for husband of this family to talk about what I can't do. If you said that to your spouse, they'd think you'd gone completely mentally ill. But that was Elizabeth Warren. But what are we going to eat? Well, I don't care. I'll be on my boat. I'm not the mom of this family to talk about what we can't eat. What? I don't know. if you Are you in some sort of industry where you're selling more stuff than usual and you're scratching your head as to why? Is it um, uh, people unwisely spending stimulus money? Is it people coming up with different activities like Joe was just explaining because, you know, what else are you going to do? You got to do something. Yeah, I'm just speaking for myself. We had a couple of fairly spendy trips scheduled this year that we're not doing. So I could see a person thinking, well, what the heck? I'm going to get that boat. I've been thinking about Have you thought about lottery tickets? Or? <laughs> Our yes, text line. I have thought about lottery tickets. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. We should probably bring you a little more from the convention last night, I suppose. Yeah, we haven't how played about it? some Nikki Haley? Yeah, Come how, on now. how come get... we haven't played any Nikki Haley? Why? Because Joe's a misogynist. What? I think that would be the... I've been singing her praises for ages. You have been. Yes, let's hear some Nikki Haley next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Last time, Joe's boss was Obama. This time, it would be Pelosi, Sanders, and the squad. Their vision for America is socialism. Joe Biden and the socialist left would be a disaster for our economy. So, I think she's right about the uh, the push from the left. On the other hand, the whole, he won't be the real president, or she won't be the real, the real president will be. I mean, that's just the, one of the oldest tropes in politics, but... Um, you know, of course, there will be pressure. Let's let's hear one more, which uh, I, I can't remember. What's the other clip of her? 50, is it? Or 20. 20. Hit it. 
Joe Biden and the Democrats are still blaming America first. Donald Trump has always put America first, and he has earned four more years as president. I really like Nikki Haley. She's super smart, effective governor, good U.N. ambassador. She got uh, she got stoned on her. She's a tough lady. Didn't think the speech was great. I thought it was really good. good. I, lo- I loved her stuff about being a little brown girl and her mom and dad coming to this country and all that sort of stuff. I all thought right. that was fantastic. Right. You know what, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I would like to throw myself on the mercy of the court. I relied on clips I heard on the news. Okay. Yeah, and then no. and they, of course. Well, we and them are leaving out the good part for some reason, but uh, <laughs> uh, that I thought that stuff was really good. Thought that stuff was really good, and then Tim Scott's speech afterwards. I mean, those two really close together were just—they were fantastic. Yeah, they were fantastic. Yep. To you know, to the extent that these conventions move any needles at all, mm. it's up my enthusiasm. Yeah. Honestly, I, I'm, well, I'm beaten down by politics. Yeah, and and certainly um, uh, thinking, man, you know, the, the R's are in a tough spot right here, uh, uh, electorally. And uh, watching the convention last night, I thought, you know what? I could see this turning around. I could see Trump winning after watching the convention last night. It, right. it made me feel completely different about the way things are going. Right. Now, we're news junkies. A lot of folks listening are, are super well-informed, and the average American won't hear a syllable out of the Republican convention, which is, uh, you know, the Republicans run against the Democrats and the media. Uh, and that's a tough road to hoe, but it oh, is what it is. Always has been that way, so. Yep, yep. Got to do it. So uh, there you go, the fabulous Nikki Haley. Tim Scott, we've, we've got a bunch of good Tim Scott stuff to play. Uh, did we get that mentor clip we were looking for? Why don't we lead with that? The uh, Republican senator from uh, South Carolina, uh, black man, smart guy, good guy, really admirable. The next year, I met my mentor, John Moniz, a Chick-fil-A operator. John saw something in me that I could not see in myself and started teaching me valuable life lessons. Like having a job would be a good thing, but creating jobs would be even better. That having an income could change my lifestyle, but creating a profit could change my community. He planted the seeds of what would become Opportunity Zones. This initiative that the president and I worked together on is now bringing more than $75 billion of private sector investment into distressed communities. Um, and he uh, that, that followed him talking about how he was failing out of school. He said, I was failing in a whole bunch of classes, including civics, which, based on my experience in the Congress, uh, a lot of people have failed out of civics, but <laughs> which I thought was funny. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of I'm struggling, I'm a young black man, s- single parent family. What lifts me out? Some government program, some school loan, some you know something with uh, the taxpayer and getting involved. No, a small business mm-hmm. and uh, a, a guy explaining to him that that's the way you pull yourself out. I thought, what, what a fantastic message! It is indeed. It reminds me what I've always said about uh, government programs. I have this idea for a government program. It will lift many families out of poverty for many generations. It will feed and clothe and medicate them. It will educate their children. It will send their kids to college. This government program is called Start a Business or Grow Your Business. Make your business successful. People will have paychecks. They will feed and clothe and medicate themselves and send their kids to college because a business has succeeded why is our energy not poured into that since that's lifted billions, billions of people out of poverty as opposed to some permanent, wasteful, 
abusive government program. Why are we so in love with that idea? It's just I think it's naive people who don't understand how ineffective they are. You want to hear something that will depress you. This is um, the I, Is that a rhetorical question or do I get to answer? <laughs> this is somebody asked, "Who do you think is going to be the Republican nominee in 2024?" Have you seen this poll? No. These are stupid polls, but it's kind of funny. Pence is at top by far, 31%. Obvious reasons. Followed by Trump Jr. at 17%, who oh, I actually God. thought was pretty good last night. Don? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's super smart. Uh, Nikki Haley at 11%. Romney, 9 Ted no. Cruz, 8 Tucker Carlson, 7 Yes. Tucker Carlson. Feel your soul being crushed yet? Tucker Carlson <laughs> tracking right with Cruz and Romney and just slightly behind Haley. Then Marco Rubio, Paul Ryan, Ivanka Trump at 3%. <laughs> Oh, for goodness <laughs> sake. Pompeo at three, and then our close friend Kevin McCarthy at 2%. But uh, the Tucker Carlson being right in the middle of the pack was kind of funny. Yeah, that is kind of funny. Uh, Tim Scott, I think, might start rising up that list. He I should. He don't absolutely know should. how he doesn't get elected president uh, if he decides to run. I seriously don't know how he would not get elected president. Well, because if he got all the votes that Republicans normally get and half the black vote, you're president. Right. And who thinks Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to hit some sort of home run if old Joe gets elected? Watch me. <laughs> so, yeah, Tim Scott, stay healthy, man. Exercise. Watch your diet. <laughs> we need you, brother. Nikki Haley, too, with her big, shiny white teeth. That clip of Biden is so, uh, watch me. Watch, uh, watch me. <laughs> watch me. Yeah, we are, and we're listening, too. Oh, man. Armstrong and Getty.